0: As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills.
1: The more muscle memory that you have, the
0: smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash impact.
1: This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car.
3: Hey, it's Cavino and Rich. You know our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for their fast reshipping, free road hazard protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of the best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Toyo Open Country
4: AT3. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, and suspension, just to name a few. Everything you
3: need to elevate your drive. Go to TireRack.com slash sports. That's TireRack.com slash sports. TireRack.com, the way
5: tire buying should be.
3: Listening to Fox Sports
5: Radio. Radio. I don't think it's even possible this I I literally believe if they went 0-16 or 0-17 that Gruden wouldn't get fired. And here's why, in my opinion. It's because of the financial constraints, limitations, troubles that are whispered about and not whispered as much as said by people who aren't screaming necessarily from first take or... Uh, Undisputed. And when I say screaming, I wasn't talking about the shows they scream. I mean, like this is something people are saying, but it's just not a lead story that there was real financial trouble with the Raiders. And you would have thought, you know, the main reason to move to Vegas, by all accounts, was the superior financial position the Raiders would be in being located in Vegas. And it has helped. But then you add in COVID. You know, one's a big plus, one's a big minus, and it feels like the Raiders are worse off today than they were two or three years ago. Why do I say that? Because they made a number of decisions in the offseason that had no rhyme or reason other than financial savings, which were pretty modest. Um McKenzie, maybe look up the center they lost. Like, how much money was he owed? It's like they had a pretty – let's just say this. Whatever their offensive line was with the Raiders, it got way worse. And the amount of money – and it was choices. It was the Raiders saying, nah, it's almost like like you're at the um, cafeteria and every it's not like an all-you-can-eat. So every item and you decide I'm just going to get a little salad and water – and then if you're hungry, it's like, well, of course they're hungry because they didn't get any food. Well, why didn't they get any food? Because they didn't have any money. So it was a must choice. It feels like the Raiders made a choice here that it would be irrational to make if they had a choice to spend the money, because it wasn't a major amount. And we'll get those numbers when Mackenzie just speak up when there's a pause whenever you got them. Yeah,
6: so their center Hudson or their last year's center is making 10 million. His cap hit's only 2.9 million. R.J.
5: So 2.9 million. So they pretty much had paid him, you know, in, in regards to the cap hit. And so think about it. When we talk about the cap hit, we act like the real money doesn't exist because, oh, look. So if they cut him, it's 58 million of dead money. We never talk about the cash flow. You know why? They're billionaires, and the cash flow and these amounts don't really—they care, but they're never gonna necessarily, because the cap makes sure they can't spend too much. So as long now, if it was uncapped, Yankees, Dodgers, and baseball, you could make the case at a certain point, a lot of owners are gonna get concerned about the money. But since the amount is generally dictated, you know, within a range in the NFL. All the owners kind of got to pay what they pay, but now it's the Raiders are making decisions to save 300,000 here. or I mean like crazy modest amounts where you're losing starters. And it, to me, it speaks strongly to how low the Raiders over under is when it comes to wins. This is a team. you could make the case, a celebrity coach trending, upwards a little bit it felt like hey they're making some strides this is year what four for gruden and their win total right now in some spots is seven seven and ten is what and they haven't gone that poorly in any of gruden's years right
6: well, they were eight and eight last year, so they, I mean there's expected to be a, a significant drop off. You're talking going under seven now.
5: Yeah. Well, well seven being the number. So to me, my first instinct was to go over Raiders. But then when I started understanding these financial decisions that are net negative for the team, the performance on the field, they might be made the rest of the year. Who knows if they cut some veteran at some point? That they, you know, I don't want to bet season long any team. The only team in the NFL that's cutting corners for modest amounts of money compared to the NFL's salaries, and that to me is one of the biggest red flags. And I'm going to throw it to Jonas to get his thoughts. But what's so fascinating is this is the only team. That there's like this major difference. Like half the books have them at seven and half wins, and half have them at seven and a half, the Raiders. And I, you don't ever see that. It's almost like there's books that got this information that they're afraid of the Raiders and the financial side, and it's at seven, and the other books are oblivious to it, and they're saying seven and a half. I don't know what else could explain the, the amount, the range between the different odds offered on the Raiders. Very curious. Jonas, what do you think? Uh, they're the worst team in the division, right? Oh, I mean, yeah. I mean, the yeah, Chargers. I think, yeah, I think Denver? the Chargers
2: are better. I think Denver's better. Kansas City's clearly better. I think they're the worst team of the division by I far. I think you're right, yeah.
6: I, I, I question Denver. I don't know why there's so much love for Denver. Nothing's changed from last year, and that team won five
5: games. Yeah, but but what's Denver, Denver's over-under right now is eight and a half, moving to nine, right? Raiders is seven. So or let's call it 7.25. So there's no debate that the market is is is, is considers Denver the better team. Yes. Now, if you believe Denver is way underrated and the Raiders are way overrated, AJ, or I'm sorry, if you believe Opposite. Denver is overrated, the Raiders are underrated, I don't even think you could have those feelings enough to have him converge. You no, can't, there can't be a, a like three quarters of a game off on both of the teams. Uh, so even in your you know crazy AJ land, I don't think that Denver is worse than than than. than not crazy, different. We'll say yeah. different, unconventional. <laughs> um, so. Jones, you said the worst team in the division. Yeah, meaning what? I mean, yeah, it's an interesting observation. But how does it speak to how good they are? Do you think seven is too low, too high? What do you think?
2: I, that feels about right because if we say they're the worst team in the division, and we think Kansas City is a playoff team, we think we think Denver is up and coming. Um, we think the Chargers have their franchise quarterback and they're up and coming. It's like what what room is there left for the Raiders? Like who was the best last place team Arizona. in the division last year? Well, and, I, and, and this year, and what I were think they? Yeah yeah and so I am just looking around the league thinking because San is the Fran power. San
5: Fran was last last year because of the injuries.
2: Yeah and this is the power of the contract as you pointed out because any other place in the NFL right now if you had a coach come in and go 4 and 12 7 and 9 8 and 8 and 7 and 10 he's gone it, like th- This I isn't agree. even a conversation. So the fact that he's there and it's a long shot that he's going to get fired, I just, I, I mean, I don't know, man. This just does not seem like a good spot for them to be in with That's everybody sh- in the division improving.
5: That's Jonas Knox. We are straight out of Vegas. But let's think about the last numbers that Jonas ticked off. He said started 4-12, and 12, okay? It was a rebuilding situation. Second year, 7-9. and 9. So plus three games. That's a nice jump. Last year, the third year, 8-8, eight eight, another jump. When do you see a coach entering his fourth year with retaining his quarterback, who maybe the 12th, 14th best quarterback, I think is the consensus? Carr somewhere between 12 and 15, we'll say. Yeah. So an above-average quarterback that had maybe his, at worst, his second-best year last year. So he's trending in a good direction. He's an above-average quarterback. You've got a famous coach that's on a monster contract entering his fourth year. And lo and behold, the first year to the second year was an improvement. Second to third was an improvement. But now, third to fourth, without anything really to say, here's why they're so much worse, like losing your quarterback or whatever. They're expected to win 7 of 17. So that's not only a one-game downgrade from eight wins last year to seven, but it's about a a one-and-a-half game downgrade because assuming a half a win for the 17th, and the Raiders are supposed to win about half their game, so that's fair. They're actually downgrading a team by a a game-and-a-half, and there's no obvious reason to do it. If I said, Jonas, why are the Raiders downgraded by a game and a half from last year? What would the answer be? Uh, the the division. The, I, everyone. But Kansas City was great last year. So you're saying Denver's going to be a little bit better I, and I the Char- Den- Chargers think, are going to be a Yeah, better. I think
2: the Chargers are getting a lot of love. I think Denver's getting a ton of love. You guys have talked about it, just how much the books have really started to slide towards Denver's way. And I just think they look at that division and go, there's crumbs mm. left and, and it's just not enough for the Raiders.
5: So just back a napkin. If we assume that it's about a 10% better chance the Raiders are going to lose because of the Chargers' improvement, and 10% for Denver, and some people think Denver's worse than the Raiders, but we'll just say that is that's going to be four games times a tenth of a game for each one, so it'd be like four tenths of a game. So that would attribute, you know, back a napkin to about half a win, but there's still there's a win and a half to cover. So what, now what? And I'm not asking you to answer for it because it doesn't make any sense to me. AJ, do you? what would you say?
6: I, I would agree. It's hard to get the math there.
5: And I think what we're seeing is the smart betters are saying if you got an owner that is having trouble making – you know, I don't want to say he's having trouble making salary. Whatever financial straits they're in, trying to bridge out of, it scares the heck out of the wise guys that some decision they're going to make coming in the future – is going to hurt them before the end of the year. It'll be interesting to see, but I don't see any other reason why the Raiders would be so low. All right. Oh, closing thought, Jonas.
2: I was just going to ask, when did when did the rumbling start to happen? And maybe we save this for another segment, that you started to hear that the Raiders were interested in Las Vegas. Because if the timelines add up, this could have been John Gruden was hired – as the presentation to Las Vegas this yes. is who we're bringing with us and and I just wonder if this was more about the name as opposed to you know the accolades or maybe what they expected from him when he did get hired
5: well Jonas this just shows you now you're doing hours and hours of other shows <laughs> is one of the first main rants I ever did on this show was how John Gruden and the Raiders specifically were playing a different game right it wasn't about wins and losses on the field at the time it was about bridging from Oakland to Las Vegas. You remember that now a little bit? Yeah. So I agree with you, right, is that, and you know what? It was a success because the number of games they win or lose, they got to, to me, it wasn't just being welcomed in Vegas. It was getting to Vegas. Yeah. And they not only got here, but were welcomed here and got a great stadium. And in 10 years, this is going to be a memory. And And Davis is going to be very wealthy. Right now, he's scrounging.
3: Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
0: Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverse impact.
3: Hey, it's Covino and Rich and much like you, we work hard to try to provide a nice life for ourselves, for our family, for our kids. And we've worked hard to build a nice home. And you want to protect those things. God forbid something happened to you. The things futures are built around are the things worth protecting. Making an estate plan now means gaining security of your assets and peace of mind for you and your loved ones. With Trust & Will, you can create and manage a custom estate plan starting at just $199. Go to
4: show for 10% off plus free document shipping. Assure that your family and loved ones avoid lengthy, expensive legal proceedings. The state deciding what happens to your assets, you don't need that. Secure your assets, protect your loved ones with Trust and & Will, and again, you're going to get 10% off plus free shipping of your estate plan documents by visiting trustandwill.com slash CR show. That's ten percent off and free shipping at trustinwill.com slash CR show. This
7: is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class.
5: Brady has been using his brand, using his influence when it comes to the effort level of these guys. Guys taking pay cuts. I mean, you really think they would have... If Brady retires, do they resign? Or even if it's not Brady, it's someone as good as Brady, but Aaron Rodgers is on this team. They lose two players probably. And A.B. doesn't go to start with, and, 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 and Gronk doesn't go. I mean, Brady is like... you know. Apparently, he had a big say in the offense post by last year. So he's like half offensive coordinator, full quarterback, playing on a busted knee, you know, like a torn whatever it was on his knee the whole season. And then he's like the GM by recruiting people and negotiating contracts down. I got to tell you something. And now he's making sure everyone gets vaccinated. Tom Brady, he is the GOAT. (laughs) The great uniter. (laughs) Jonas, what do you think in general?
2: I, just, I think this has been the perfect off season for Tampa Bay. Like, like if you think about it, you, want, you know you think about what could go wrong, and you talk about well, you know you want a Super Bowl. What could go wrong? Guys could leave for for free agency afterwards. Nobody left. Uh, well, you know there could be uh, there could be some injuries and. There were no injuries. In fact, not only were there not injuries, Tom Brady got a surgery done on a knee that he's been needing to get done for a couple of years, apparently. And then COVID comes, there could be a, you know, a divide in the locker room between vaccinated and unvaccinated, and that's all squashed. Like It really has been the perfect off season as far as potential landmines for a defending champion going into the year.
5: I agree, and it makes it all the more surprising, befuddling irrational that the Kansas City Chiefs are clearly the Super Bowl favorites. And I totally understand that right now Patrick Mahomes is better than Tom Brady. Some might say he's better than Tom Brady's ever been. I mean, a lot of people would say that, like serious smart people. I'm not sure that I wouldn't agree if it's regular season. But Other than Mahomes, and it's not that much of an upgrade. I mean, Brady last year was a top-five quarterback. So Mahomes is one, Brady's four, let's say. Okay. Now, Hill is, in my opinion, the best receiver in football. But how much better is he? And if you take the receiving corps corps in general, (laughs) there's no corpses. In general, I would say that, let me ask you, AJ, is is Tampa Bay – with their full receiving contingent, and let's count tight ends, about equal the skill positions at receiver and tight end than Kansas City? probably
6: it uh, probably not as top heavy but i would say certainly deeper and if antonio yeah, brown yeah, returns I, I to form at all
5: that's obvious right so if if
6: antonio brown returns to pre tampa form like if he's and he was actually pretty good last year but if he if he's a shell of what he was or wow. even close to what he was. I think that you've got some because Mike Evans is not a slouched by any stretch, and Chris Godwin's a great number two. I think, yeah, I think that so it's pretty it, serious. So, did you give an
5: answer at any point? They are close. Okay, that's that's fair, Jones. You agree with that? Pretty close call.
2: Yeah, I think if you were to rank top five skill position players between Kansas City and Tampa Bay, I think Kansas City would have one and two, and Tampa would probably finish out the top five. Meaning and if, 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 Kill. If, if, if and, it was a top Travis ten, Scalesi.
5: Tampa would finish out the top ten, probably. Yeah, I,
2: yeah, like if just, I mean, there might be a couple of guys that would
5: slide in, um, but yeah, I think majority would go to Tampa Bay. All right, so if we're saying receivers are generally equal. Quarterback is a slight edge, or uh, let's say an edge for Kansas City. And then on defense, you got one a top-five defense against maybe, what, the 25th best defense in Kansas City? Yeah, Tampa's clearly better defensively. I mean, it, it's not even close. It's a top-five versus a below average. That's the safest way to say it. Okay, how in the heck is Kansas City with a remade offensive line? Now, it might be good, but there's big uncertainty there. I, I got to be honest. I know there's the small ch- or the chance that Brady hits the wall and he's just horrible, but man, oh man, I don't want to bet that. This is an example, in my opinion, of the analytics guys that are really respected. They carry a lot of weight and they love Kansas City just in general and the betters hear it and they think, I don't want to go, I don't want to be like Charles Barkley and sound stupid. I don't like analytics. And, and I really believe this is like a lingering effect because what I can promise you is the Super Bowl betting pool is a square pool, which means there's a lot of recreational betters. To whatever degree you could think Kansas City is better than Tampa, that's a sharp opinion, meaning you'd have to look at it from some weird angles. The obvious... Barney at the bar answer is Tampa Bay, the defending champions with the greatest quarterback of all time, are better than the team they beat. And the fact that even in a square pool Kansas City is favored, it shows a love for Kansas City that I think is borderline irrational.
3: Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific.
4: C-R-S-H-O-W. That's good at any graduate hotel, any location, up to 30% off. Go book your stay at
5: graduatehotels.com. A.J. Hoffman, who graduated from—did you graduate college, A.J.?
6: I did. When? B- uh, when? Uh, 2004.
5: I-, wow. I, mean, I mean, was it like a, was it like a correspondence? <laughs>
6: yes, it was online. It was the University of, uh, of uh, uh, not Phoenix, but it's the University of Tucson. It's a it's feeder school. Is that correct? <laughs> no, I went to Belmont University. Uh, where's that at? In Nashville, Tennessee.
5: I didn't even know that. You were in Nashville for four years. Yeah. Did you get into country music?
6: Uh, no, not really. Uh, but I went to school for music. I was, I was basically at a music school.
5: Wow. The, the, the more you know. All right. Anyway, give us the handicap. <laughs> I just was thinking. I don't think I've ever heard you talk about music once.
6: Uh, well, I, I don't talk about it often, but <laughs> I, I, I did. I did want to mention though. Uh, R.L. Stein, the most famous uh, Ohio State alum, right? I don't
5: think so. art <laughs> Oh,
6: is it okay? There you go. Uh, Listen, the thirteen and a half is is kind of taking me off of leaning Minnesota. I, I wanted Minnesota because I think it's an under game. A PJ Fleck wants to establish the run. He wants to control the clock. That's what Minnesota does, and they're really kind of set up for success in that way because they return one of the best running backs in Ibrahim in the Big Ten. They return all five offensive linemen. They want to keep Ohio State off the field, and the more if they can limit the number of possessions, they give themselves a decent shot. And on the other side of the ball, Ohio. State has a brand new quarterback in CJ Stroud who I think eventually Ryan Day is gonna to start to to you know take advantage of having probably the best wide receiver duo in the country. But Early on, he's indicated that Stroud is going to be handed the offense slowly. It's not going to be all at once. So I think t- tonight is a night they want to keep a lot of pressure off of Stroud. I think both teams run the ball. I think the clock moves. And there's weather in the, the forecast up there in Minnesota. So I lean under 61 tonight in this game. The number coming off 14 takes me away from any, any action on Minnesota, though.
5: So the late money on Minnesota – And to me, this game answers the question, does Ohio State reload? Does Alabama? You know, there's a couple of teams. Clemson. Clemson, that Yeah, these are the teams that seemingly the fact that all three of those teams have new quarterbacks, and you think, oh, my God, down year. It's like, well, no, actually, these are the three favorites. It's like, do they reload? And if so, do they reload the first game? And if so does they play it so conservative that they maybe win by 10 because they can almost guarantee, but not guarantee, but have a high chance of winning, but not try to extend the lead because that means playing high variance and you might lose, right? It's If you say, I'm going to try to win by 30 – when you're a 14 or point favorite, 13 and a half, you actually have a better chance of losing than if you said, I don't care how much I win by, I just want to win. Because what do you do when you're up 21? If you're trying to win by 30? You keep doing risky stuff whereas that gives a small chance for the other team to come back. Jonas, any thoughts on the game?
2: I just think there's a couple of games this weekend. Penn State at Wisconsin, this one Ohio State at Minnesota. I don't know how often team, it is that teams open up with conference play in week one. Like like Normally you'll mm. see a neutral site game against a non-conference opponent, but these are, these are now live bullets. This could have an impact on the season moving forward, and I, I just think it's a gutsy move by any team that's going to go on the road in conference to open up your season.
5: And obviously no pre Season, yeah, w- w- in college football. Well, think John, about the
2: game, the, the, the Georgia Clemson game.
6: Like it, it could be literally a, a playoff eliminator in week one.
5: Yeah. Uh, well, that's interesting. Yeah, it, and so we're we're certain it's only going to be the four teams this year, right?
6: Only four teams in the yep. playoff this year. There's yes, there's no yep. chance
5: otherwise. Okay, real quick, we're down to the end of it. Is AJ? Obviously, with the Big 12 and the potential news of bringing some teams in, obviously losing Texas, Oklahoma is bigger than whoever they bring in. But given the options right now the Big 12 seems to have, what do you think about this rumor if it came true?
6: I think it's, besides adding or, or, you know, those teams sprinkling into the ACC or the Pac-12 or the Big Ten, which I don't think those conferences were interested in, I think this is the best case scenario.
5: Real quick, can you lay out the teams that, that are rumored to come in?
6: Yep, BYU, Houston, Central Florida, and Cincinnati rumored to be leaving. Uh, BYU from the Mountain West and independent in football. Uh, And then the other three schools from the American Conference. Uh, The rumor is that they could be the teams that join the Big 12 when Texas and Oklahoma leave, which would actually bring the Big 12 back to 12 teams for the first time in some time. Fox Sports
3: Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com.
4: Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to HelpMyGamblingProblem.org for free confidential services. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscored team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit underscore.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep.
5: Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt
6: Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard hitting episode today, a lot of controversy.